it'd probably be intimidating for you, Eric, because I think I'm pretty <laughs> sure Ryan hates you. Like I'm, it's not mm. confirmed, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. He Strong. does get on the location a lot, so I don't know. There's yeah. no chance he does. Tell me that's not true. <laughs> Today we had on Sean McPeak, a super successful luxury broker with Sirhan. He talks about what it's like working with Ryan, why he throws these timely theme parties at his listings, how to get leads on LinkedIn, and the strategy he uses to get influencers, including a dog, to make his listing videos go viral. The Broke Agent presents Over Ask Podcast. Sean, thanks for being here, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was on your podcast. What did we come up with? No hope, woho boys, right? Yeah, as a new neighborhood. So, Eric, I was on Sean's. I was on Sean's podcast. I Eric didn't get the invite clearly, but um, that's fine. That's probably for the best. Um, But Sean, let's let's get into this because you have a. We've been we've been researching you all day. All we you were showing apartments all day. We were literally just 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 lurking you all day we we were in the lab we had whiteboards (laughs) we had you know test tubes and everything i actually flew to canada this week so matt and i could prepare for this podcast sounds like an awesome and then then flew back (laughs) to not do it with him but yes so sean (laughs) can you get yeah poutine's fantastic here but um can you give us your background you started what 12 years ago uh yeah like 2009 i started okay right in the middle of the meat grinder yeah right after the uh the collapse yeah and and i uh answered a answered a craigslist ad actually yeah what's with everyone and craigslist uh tyler whitman had a similar story what what okay get into this what happened Um, I was working at IT and tech support um, for a software company, and uh, I was doing work from home before work from home was cool. And um, I, it was just miserable. You know, I wanted to be in sales or marketing, but there were no jobs. Like, uh, job market was totally fucked in 2009 when I graduated college. Um, <clears throat> and every entry level position was like 40, 50K. But if you take a job like that, you're kind of like pigeonholed into like that like lower salary bracket and like perpetuity. So I, um, you know, I was just like looking to get my real estate license in New Jersey, which is like primarily where I grew up. And then I just, you know, just started watching like selling New York HGTV. And I was like, well, what if I just started working in bigger price points in real estate and made more money? And then, um, yeah, I just answered a, a Craigslist ad. <clears throat> um, shop was like total boiler room, chop shop. We're making like fake Craigslist ads, getting rental clients, taking them out. We had a time like, you know, open listings, you know, you get like a one month commission from the landlord at that point when the market, you know, was so bad. And that's how I started just scamming people, man. Sweet. <laughs> just scamming people. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, as he's in his client's house right now. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's so good. Um, yeah. So like what you do every morning, you get like a broker blast with like the cheapest rental possible. And you would make ads off that <laughs> price and you'd post it on Craigslist at like, you know, morning, lunch, and then after work were like the sweet times. And and then you just like try to get as many people as you can. And 75% of them would screw you over. And then, you know, 25% you would close and then the landlord or your brokerage would screw you over. <laughs> So it was insane. Okay. But it was fun. So once you uh, stopped scamming people and you you really took this, <laughs> started started taking this real serious. What? So when did you? When did you? Were you with Ryan right away, or how did that all happen? No, you know, I I worked on uh, the Alexander team when I met Ryan. So that was like. You know, when I first, when I graduated into like a bigger brokerage, like Douglas Elm and I, um, I worked downtown and then, um, we started like interacting with Ryan in like 2011, roughly, I think like right as like million dollar listing was heading, like was kind of airing. And, um, he was really cool back then. I had a lot of respect for him because he pulled us aside and was like, Hey, I'm here to do deals. Like, 
don't pay attention to like the drama on the show. He's like, that's not, it's, it's just TV and like, da da da. So like, he was always like cool like that off camera and like, uh, easy to work with. Um, and so I kind of knew him from a long time ago. And then I, I just linked up with him in 2020. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were with him at like Nest Seekers and stuff. <clears throat> no, I would never worked on Nest Seekers. That part oh, was wow. left out of our research, actually. That's the one thing we missed <laughs> in our in our days of preparation. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people assume like a lot of not a lot of us at the brokerage, but I'd say the the majority of Sirhan, the brokerage now is non Nest Seeker alumni. You know. So you came right. So he opened the brokerage and then you joined. Yeah, he, he and his team reached out. Um, I was like kind of leaving my other brokerage and I was about to sign with somebody else. Um, and they literally were got probably in like my 30 day buffer of leaving my my other brokerage. They stepped in and reached out directly. And that's that's and then I sat down with Ryan and he just we had like an hour conversation. He didn't look at his phone once. He knew like everything about me. And I was just like, yeah, I'm doing social media and, and film, too. And you have like a staff that's amazing. So, you know, our businesses were very much aligned. Um, so, and it's also great not being his competitor anymore because he freaking crushes everybody. Was yeah. that an, an intimidating interview process sitting across from him? Like, did he ask you any intense questions or anything that threw you off? No, um, <clears throat> I, I probably got more intimidated like after it. I probably went in like a little, like just a little naive. Um, cause I, I never really understood the scale of what he had going with like the cell, like Sirhan stuff. And like, when I started working through that stuff, I was like, oh damn, this guy's like a total mogul. Um, no, I went in there. He, he, you know, his head of new development, I went to college with her. So like, we've always had an awesome relationship and he just knew a lot about me personally, which I was like impressed with, you know, and I, you know, even when people ask me for interview advice, I always say like, research your company, research the person you're working with. And even real estate, it's about the people, not about like the real estate. And, you know, he just kind of exemplified that. And I was like, damn, this guy like really gets people. Yeah. yeah. What about Did when you you're in the office as, and he's, you know, perusing around? Do you feel like a, a lurking, heavy presence? I just felt like when I was in my offices and there was like the, the big broker walking around or something, I always kind of like tightened up a little bit. I got a little tentative. Nah, man. It's just like, I mean, for me, I mean, maybe for some other people, but, mm -hmm. um, no, nah, I mean, he's, he's like so normal with us. It's not, I don't find it intimidating. Uh, maybe I'm a little naive. I don't know, but like we're working deals and stuff like that together. So it's, it's more of like a working relationship and, you know, we're still sort of like the same archetype of person really. So it's like, not like, there's not like this massive disconnect between him and me, you know? So it'd probably be intimidating. Um, for you, Eric, because I think I'm pretty <laughs> sure Ryan hates you. Like I'm, it's not mm. confirmed, but I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, just he from, does shit on the broker agent a lot, so I don't know. There's yeah. no chance he does. Tell me that's not true. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to let out my insecurities here. You know, if I was around him, maybe that's how I would act. So I was trying to pin that on you, but you know, right? No, yeah, I think he, I. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've, it's unconfirmed, but I'm I'm pretty sure he hates your guts. But that's for a different that's day. Um, Sean, did you already have your team when you joined Surant, or did you like build it a lot once you joined? Uh, I brought I brought a team over from my old brokerage. Um, I've been operating a team since 2014 when I was at Compass. Um, and yeah, we you know we came in. We we had like two younger agents, and I had Jordan um march who works with me he's like effectively my 50 50 partner and um you know he has more experience in real estate than me um and yeah so we kind of ported the team over and we did some you know some deals and some new developments and like the, the COVID market for us was the opposite of what everyone else experienced all over you know north america effectively so like we were like really fighting to like put together some deals and stuff like when we first joined so um yeah it was good to have like the continuity of my team so yeah, that we kind of came over. Okay, so what's your team at now? Like, you do a lot of uh, of new development. Is that like your bread and butter? Yeah. I love new dev. It's like my passion. You know, it's like your, you know, like follow ups and stuff. It's like hungry, hungry hippos. You're getting like so many people, and like you're just trying to like see who you can get to commit and like what their 
objection is or whatever you try to like get into like their motivation and then just try to close them on like whatever they want to hear on like a new dev so i love new dev um i love selling townhouses um in manhattan it's challenging the owners are typically a little crazier than the average owner i find um uh yeah um you know i i get i kind of get volunteered to like work on some of like the tougher deals like the one i'm sitting in right now is a pretty challenging apartment it's been on and off the market for four years so kind of came wow. to me and i got an offer so there you go oh there you go how do you go after man. How, how do you go after new development listings like what's what's the uh, process with that to find new developments and pitch them and what's your marketing behind them <clears throat> so i mean a lot of it's relationship building and just trying like the developers are kind of the opposite of like a normal prospect and where they want to see like aggressive follow-up like they want you to annoy the shit out of them and then get to know them and then schmooze them and then you know eventually sign with them so it can be like a multi-year process to get a developer with multiple projects or whatever so it, it takes time um typically for like the bigger development uh companies and then like they have to like see your marketing they want to know what you sold and then they ask you to bring a buyer like every Fizbo or anybody that drives you crazy asks you to do so um it can be a bunch of those things that goes into it um we have like our own pitch decks and and videos and stuff we kind of privately send over um in order to capture that business like on my team so we, we kind of like try to separate ourselves from everybody with our like, own decks and marketing and everything what did you do to get the first one because like how do you how do you get the first one when you have nothing to leverage yeah, that's the, the going from zero to one is probably the hardest part. Um, at first, I worked on a big team. Um, so we had like a three unit development on the Upper East Side. Um, and then uh, I went to Compass. And then I started like pitching. I, I pitched, I kind of lobbied my company internal, internally, typically. Like my specialty is expire listings and stuff that isn't selling. Um, so I just kind of ported that over to new devs and I just take over like the hardest, shittiest situation and then just make it work. Um, that's kind of like what I've always done. And then, yeah, a lot of, like every company I've pretty much gone to has given me a large project, um, that's been struggling. And then, you know, that's, you know, it kind of sucks cause it's like you're volunteering for the hardest thing, but at least you're getting something, you know, how do you, how do you specialize in struggling properties? Like, like, what do you, what are you going to do? So this right here has been on the market for four years. You yeah. now have an offer. So what did you do yeah. differently than the people doing it for four years? I mean, we, we just do, we do better overall marketing. I mean, a lot of it is, is just mistakes in the marketing and, and the transparency and the information in New York. There's a lot of due diligence that goes into this stuff. But I mean, like now with Sirhan's, like we're hitting it with like a ton of video, social media influencers. We had some kid come in here and play the piano. He has like 3.6 million TikTok followers. We have like, all we have Cash Jordan, who's like, you know, some of our videos with him and our outside our listing videos get a million plus views on YouTube alone. And then like his TikTok and Instagram are big too. So we like, like the flood to zone with like every property and just try to find someone that can kind of like help us you know, make content around it. Uh, but like, it's the floor plans, photography, it's being responsive, like novel concept, answer your phone and your email. Um, you know, we put a bunch of people on the listing. So we show 24 seven, like we almost say no, we never say no to a showing if the person's qualified. Um, so we're just like ultra flexible. And sometimes you're just fighting mouse clicks. You know, it's like, yeah. it's that fast. It's like someone will just go buy something else out of convenience. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to like, just bend over and, you know, miss your first kid's birthday and stuff. So yeah, you know, do crazy stuff. Right. And work. So you mentioned that you're using influencers with large followings to promote your listing. So did you pay this piano person to come and then like tag your listing and promote that it's on the market or, or how did that work? Walk us through that process. <clears throat> no, typically not. It's more like horse trading. Um, our listings are like, pretty awesome. And like a lot of these influencers, like don't really know how to get access to stuff like this. Um, and they also kind of like value the Sirhan relationship. So most of the time we're not paying, um, we're usually horse trading or, or doing something like we try to help them out. I mean, Cash Jordan has been like our main dude, like he comes and does all our listings and he, ne he doesn't charge us. Uh, but his, his views go crazy. Cause like YouTube is his full-time job now. So his, his, uh, 
he's usually doing like really shitty apartments, like rentals in the city, which are like ridiculous to look at. But then he comes in and he does like, you know, $15 million house that's like totally tricked out. And his, you know, his comments go crazy and his engagement goes up and stuff when he like kind of switches it up. So, you know, they benefit as much as us in that regard. Um, but we, we've had people ask us for money. I mean, like there's certain situations, like a new development, we might pay a couple people to make some viral content. if like they can prove it goes viral. Um, you know, we'll do that. But, you know, you guys know, like social media influencers, some are like full of crap, like they don't respond or they have fake followers or whatever. So you got to be like careful if you're paying somebody. Yeah, we just did that uh, for the first time at one of our listings. Um, it was this big high rise right beside Scotiabank Arena where the Toronto Maple Leafs play. So we got mm -hmm. a uh, clients of mine run like one of the biggest hockey podcasts here in Canada. Yeah. And we got them to do like a live podcast there. And the response has been incredible. Um, it's it's yeah. super untapped, at least here. And I would think what you're doing is kind of ahead of its time right now with like doing that with the influencers. I'm sure some people are trying to tag along now, but it seems like you were kind of first to bat at that. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's a lot of the reason I joined Ryan because it's just like so much freaking easier with this guy, you know, and like he built out like a multi-million dollar media marketing machine that we can just tap into. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for years. I mean, I, I won an award in like 2018 or 19. I, I sold an apartment with like a French terrier, like a Boston terrier influencer dog. And like the whole listing video was just a dog. All the photos were the dog. It went viral, like what I consider viral back then. Um, and like we sold the, the, the apartment off the dog's Instagram, you know what I mean? So like I was doing that on <laughs> other people's okay. channels. The, the yeah. dog's name was Rude Boy, correct? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Looked at, I looked up Rude Boy. I couldn't find him. I don't know if he's still around or not, which actually got me down a sad, a sad uh, thought process of what happens to dog oh. influencers, you know, after they pass away. Or just you know dogs in general, but um. So so what did what did the dog like post on your on its stories or feed? Like did it actually talk about the house and talk about like you as the agent? Like I, I'm trying to figure out that connection between yeah. filming so it at like the house we, and, and then how it goes to your marketing. So Rude Boy's mom is like super off camera. Um, you know, Rude Boy is her moon and stars, and if. So there's a problem with Rude Boy. I probably need to give her a call, see if she's okay. Um, no, I mean, like, the dog was, like, what? the apartment was, like, totally fucked, actually. It was, like, a really messed up, like, one bedroom that was above, like, this, like, crazy gay bar that gets, like, a lot of, like, police reports against it and the complaints. So it was, like, at, and then next to a fire station. So it was actually, like, we like we took the dog and we just like did like the East village, which is like very interesting. We just, we kind of tried to like draw attention away from the actual unit. And like, we just kind of made this like marketing piece and like not, because if you walk in the apartment, first of all, like it was like borderline hoarding issue going on. And the day we showed up, the, the, the apartment was a mess and we were like, what the hell are we going to do? So we just shoved everything into a bedroom and just kind of shot the living room with the dog. And then we're like, okay, we'll just take the dog and we'll just like, took it to see the firefighters and like we took we took the dog to Boris and Horton which is where he met the dog it's like a dog cafe um with a ton of dog influencers that hang out there and, um, <laughs> the yeah, it was just basically a giant smoke screen of marketing it was basically like don't look at this look at the dog They're just smoking the dog cigarettes at the bar oh <laughs> uh, yeah worse. talking about how much money they're getting paid to show property <laughs> By the, yeah. by the way, I don't know if they have this in New York, but they have something here in LA called WAG Hotel, which is essentially the Soho house of dog parks. <laughs> We're members. Yeah. This is the most incredible place on earth. It's just a bunch of dogs and like they're super attractive owners and there's coffee and cocktails and everything. And it's like the best networking place known to mankind. There's so many questions I have about this. About WAG? WAGs? Yeah. I mean, like, it's LA, so it's like, if, is your dog vegan? No? Like, sorry, you, don't, you can't. <laughs> yeah, there's a very intense vegan. screening process that, he has to, yeah. that you have to go through. It has to be vaccinated <laughs> multiple intense. times. Do they do, like, <laughs> lip injections for dogs and <laughs> yeah. stuff? Or, like, how they work? Exactly. No, o but this Only golden doodles. Yeah, your dog is pretty, like, posh, though, Eric. He's, he's a very uh, model-esque type yeah. of boy. Yeah. I, I wonder if this this influencer route would work for other agents in places that wouldn't be New York or L LA. Obviously, New York and LA, there's an abundance of people with 
large Instagram followings and brand deals and stuff like that. But if you're an agent somewhere else, I wonder how you could tap into other local followings, right? Yeah. Um, I actually taught classes on this at my old brokerage. Um, we, you know, you could, what a really easy thing to do is, is like, is like incorporate like restaurants with like decent followings near your listings. Um, you know, different stuff like that. Like even like high schools, like sports teams. Um, and then like, there's some people that just kind of create their own little following then cause they do like gardening or something, or they like have an amazing like skill for photography and they do like nature photos or something like that. So there's like a couple different avenues, but you gotta be a little more resourceful. And then obviously like your, your reach is not gonna be as potent, but your um, uh, you can be more targeted. And even if you have like a thousand followers, you can make a lot of deals if you're active enough, you know? Well, it's probably a lot easier now than when you started doing it with like the rise of TikTok and all that stuff. Like it seems like everyone somewhere could have some type of following that you could source you know when you were probably starting to do it it was probably like few and far between people who actually had like real deal followings yeah i mean i i started doing like the instagram thing in like 2011 or 12 and like it, it took years for it to really hit critical mass we're like okay this is like an effective thing and you know mostly it was young people on the platform um and then those are people that don't really buy property in New York unless they're getting money from their parents. Uh, but when they introduced like stories into Instagram, you know, they kind of like ported that from Snapchat. Um, that's when like the, the, the demographic actually got a lot older. And so people can like keep up with their grandkids or their kids and they don't have to like bother them, but to see that what's going on in their lives every day. And that's where I found like 2016, 17, where like everything started like really getting like notched up and like you're actually doing deals off the ground. Yeah. I I love this. And I tell this to people all the time, like the fact that you're so not just listing heavy, but you're so focused on like the marketing of it and the digital marketing mm -hmm. of it to be like, like this is like the Super Bowl of our industry, our listings. And like the fact that mm -hmm. no one or so many agents, like, just like throw up some pictures and they're done with it. It's like, this is a chance for you to leverage this and get so many more video uh, listings from what you do on this one listing that you have. I know. And it, they're all case studies. I mean, like, and it, it's not like you have to like spend crazy amounts of money. I think people are getting like way too caught up in like the production now of like, I got to get a videographer or whatever. Like just keep it simple, you know, like keep it simple at first, do some volume, figure it out. You know, if you make 500 videos, you're an expert in videography and production, like editing. So if like you actually practice it and like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm the, I'm that way. Like it, I never started building my personal brand until I started working with Ryan, like really like laser focused on like, what is my brand? Um, I was always just about like heavy listing marketing. And like, that's where I kind of got known what I got known for when I entered like the personal branding stage of it that's where like both things started kind of growing in unison, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love it though. I mean, like it makes it fun for me. Like I do a lot of art staging. I have a big thing with an artist coming out, um, tomorrow, um, some big press and stuff. And it's like, that's fun for me. Like having like awesome artwork, meeting cool people, meeting weirdos. Like, I don't know. Like it's all, it just makes like the day to day, like way more interesting. And, just like charges me up every time I get to do something special for someone's home. I saw you, you did like a web three NFT open house that you were mentioning on some podcasts. Like what, what exactly did that look like? Everyone stop for a second. This market is a little bit tighter than it has been in the past few years, which means leads are not necessarily banging down the door, but you know who isn't worried right now? Agents who use boomtown, the number one rated real estate CRM in the game. That's right. Boomtown it was actually founded in 2008, Eric. Do you know that? Yeah, the same year the Phillies won the World Series against the Rays. How could I forget? I'll take your word for it. Uh, in the middle of a housing crisis, their CEO, Greer Allen, built it yeah. from the ground up with Legend. the explicit intention of empowering agents to be successful no matter the market. So if you're ready to build a truly bulletproof business, visit boomtownroi.com slash overask. Plus, here you can score 750 big ones in free digital advertising that's boomtown ry.com slash over ask uh so one of my artists i stay I, I stage a lot of homes with his art because it's like super colorful and fun 
um, he started like killing it in NFTs. And I wanted to integrate NFTs and like the crypto craze into my marketing at some point. So we did a huge open house um, for like an $8.8 million house. Uh, we, we set up a projector with his NFT gallery. And so I had all his NFTs like basically playing on a loop through like this digital gallery projected on like in like a room we had in the house. And um, like 150 people showed up, which is like way, which is like more than triple what we were expecting. And all different people showed up just to like learn about it. You know, they like we had real estate developers, buyers, brokers, like all different types of people. A bunch of um, NFT kids showed up like super like deep NFT. They own like the original cartoon rock, like those type of guys, like super OG. And it was just insane. Like no one in. No one's ever like invited an NFT crypto community into a piece of high-end real estate before. It was basically what they were saying to us. That's brilliant because the the whole perception of what are these NFTs actually going to look like when you have them, you know, downloaded on your phone or whatever. Like, how are you actually going to display it? And then you actually showed people what that looked like. So I think that's a really good idea. I feel like that wouldn't land as much today as it did during the NFT craze because now everybody is like, well, NFTs are scams. So hosting an NFT house pro or NFT house probably wouldn't have that same momentum or, or feel that it did a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to get someone like really big. I mean, to me, the NFT thing was always more of like, how do I sell real estate on the blockchain instead of having right. like a deed and title insurance and all this stuff? Like, what if you just had like a digital wallet with that type of, you know, verification of the asset that, that that's where I was going with it. Yeah. Like, I kind of wanted see it go but like the actual artwork i wasn't like really totally sure about i think it's good for like a certificate or like if you want to license a piece of artwork out that's cool but like the actual jpeg like i think we found out right no those they themed open houses are such a good idea like you mm -hmm. get so much press from those we did a cannabis open house once um at this house in the valley and had all these different stations of edibles and smokers and we had um you know like reggae music like there was probably 150, 200 people there at this one also, but just the amount of marketing you get from that and just the way you could promote it, just like come to this house and basically get high. Um, and it was like one of the most successful campaigns. It wasn't my house, of course. I was just, um, you know, in charge of the marketing for Eric, it, but it was really you, cool. You can't count parties in high school as, as like listings <laughs> and stuff. Right. Actually, it was my house. It was my parents' house. It wasn't a listing. And this was actually me just smoking in my bathroom. So I don't know where I got that idea. Yeah. We did a masquerade open house at one of my listings um, at 845 UN Plaza. And we had like all these like reality TV people show up. It was crazy. And we got press off it. It was great. Like I had to like pull people out of closets, like making out and crap. Like I was, it was <laughs> uh, masquerade party, very sexy, very dangerous. All right. was pissed. Um, you know, the next day he actually at 7am had a painter in there because there were smudges on the wall at 7am. Uh, this shit though is so like cool. Like this is what I think agents should be doing. And, and like this age, like, I don't know if you, you like watch TikTok, but like the other day I like really, got on this like i don't know know how the algorithm like constantly changes i got on this like crazy trend of just like people hating on real estate agents and saying how useless <laughs> we are and i was like oh my like i didn't realize how bad like people hated us but like you know we have to show our worth and those kind of things are the things that do that and like be oh. creative with it like that's that's what's cool and exciting to me about this industry yeah. I mean, I could, I, I probably hate real estate agents more than that. I mean, I probably have better reasons than any of these people on TikTok, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like the level of stuff that goes on in New York. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing. It, it's, these tools are amazing. Like, and yeah, the theme parties, everything like I'm, I, I love throwing parties. It's like a natural gift I have is like throw majors. <laughs> just, just so you know, this is confirmed. Look it up. Weed open house, 2019. There was CBD massages, um, there was a bunch of stations, cannabis plants and MLS photos and everything. So it was really exhibiting. I remember it. So you do remember it was, it was Ben, um, Ben Bacall's listing. I, I remember it because, um, you know, I was working at like a way older stodgy company then and they like threatened us not to try to like copycat it. Right. Oh, was it yeah. Compass? Cause Compass, like, uh, fired, uh, Dave Ferrugio for being naked in his listing. 
I mean, you know, <laughs> Ryan, you know, got a TV show for doing it and episode one, a million dollar listing. So right. yeah, tomato, tomato. Yeah, it's, yeah um, exactly. It's what it is. Yeah. I mean, but the genius thing about back to your NFT thing is you just capitalize on it when it was so fresh and so new. And that's what yeah. um, Ryan Reynolds did. Do you remember that campaign he did after Peloton got all that shit for their commercial? Ryan yeah. Reynolds, yeah, it was a day after, right? like a day after, came out with a full campaign and commercial for his, I think it was gin or something. Like mm-hmm. that's the genius in, in this type of marketing. Like it's legit. Yeah. I mean, he, he does it better than anybody right now, right? Because yeah. he has like this full digital marketing company. He picks up a brand he blows them up and then he spins it off. Right. Like you ever, have you watched his uh, documentary? Not yet. The Rex I really want to though. It's, it's like 15 episodes. I mean, like if you have time to binge something, like definitely check that out. Um, I mean, he made more money off the documentary than he did the soccer team. Right. Um, so, and then he's like spinning off, he spin off Min mobile went for 1.3 billion. The aviator gym went for like 610 million. I mean, like, you know, that's, that's kind of like what we're doing right now, right? Uh, but we're trying to do it with property. So we're trying to, like, use our digital marketing tools, be quick, catch a trend, and then, like, really try to, you know, blow people's listings up. And, like, you know, a listing for us typically gets a few thousand clicks or views on our listing. But then, you know, like the listing I'm in right now, I mean, it's gotten hundreds of thousands of views on a piano playing TikTok, you know? It's like... Yeah. That's, that's kind of like what we're going to do. Well, th- the thing is about this is like, I feel like, and Eric and I were talking about this uh, another episode, but people are so concerned about saying like, you know, these are the hardwood floors and this is this and this is this. But like, right. I feel like if you use the house more as an accessory and you're just kind of there, like you just want the eyeballs and then you can have yeah. all that other stuff somewhere else, but you want that catchy, engaging video up front. So people will be like, oh, the guy's playing piano. Oh shit, this is like a sick property, you know? And then it's like, it kind of, you, you, you catch them that way. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, I, you gotta, we, we always like try to like tinker with these listing video formulas too. Um, especially in like big units, um, Jordan and I, we do like, we, we do like both of us in a listing video now and he's, his listing video engagement goes nuts on like on the Sirhan YouTube page. If you check his videos out, he's got like fans. But like we always we we have this bit where like I always put him in the in like the tub of like the bathroom. I'm like get in the tub, you know, <laughs> and that's like kind of like something we've been toying with. But like, yeah, it gets boring just like doing regular listing videos. And like, you know, you want to keep people engaged. You want to hook them at the beginning. You want to tell a story if you can. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Like you can have fun with it. Uh, but it, I think a listing video should also um, inform inform the buyer. Be able it's really a closing tool even though we're using it to capture eyes, um, it really should be like something someone walk, watches like right after they walk out or it has the ability to train the agent on how to sell the house to their buyer too, I think is also like a little bit you wanna work in there. But we do multiple videos on all our properties. Um, so we can kind of, we, we kind of try to get both. Um, and it just depends on the property type. But I agree with you, like having like a super catchy, fun, story driven or, or comedy driven or something is, you know, as long as it gets it, once you hit a certain number of views, like, it, you know, the property is going to sell yeah. at this point. In my opinion. The, the trend jacking events, we always talk about trend jacking on social media and how important it is to use themes from holidays or anything like that. But doing it at actual events, like when you're at a listing presentation, you could look forward in the calendar and be like, yeah, we're going to do a Kentucky Derby one this Sunday. We're going to do a Mother's mm-hmm. Day themed one. You know, I don't know what you could do during the summer, but you know, around like any holiday or anything that's going on in pop culture. You could have a little mermaid open house since that's popular right now. I don't know how you would do that necessarily, but I love the idea of just trend jacking opens. Really stretching. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Grammys and Oscars would be cool ones too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What other? Eric, don't you think? No. Oh. All right, I thought that'd be. You've cool. spat in the face of every idea I've had on this podcast. So no, Grammys, <laughs> Grammys, and Oscars, absolutely not horrific idea. I said never, that. The, never I, saw, I said that Wags is cool, and I complimented Miles. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I complimented your son. That should do be you, enough. <laughs> do you have any uh, other listing events coming up where you're doing something like this? 
Yeah. So I, I, I'm listing this like crazy rental in Soho. It's like a bunch of office space and apartment and then like a private roof deck and they're all on like different floors. Um, and we're going to do like a VC founder happy hour and invite like all like tech startup people or like um, big venture capital guys um, who are part of a club I'm at called Spring Place. It's almost like a sew house, but it's more like business oriented um, and networking is encouraged. So um, we're going to put together something with like a bunch of re- there's a bunch of studio record studios like in, built into the uh, loft as well. So we're going to we're going to bring in like a bunch of like we're going to have like a industry music party and then we're going to do like a VC founders party. Um, and just like get a bunch of these like individuals kind of in humming in the, in the space. And we know someone will take it cause it's like super prime Soho. Um, but it's just like a really interesting kind of like, you know, uh, just kind of like collection of space on different floors and like this commercial building. It's really funky. Oh, that's cool. Do, do you yeah. have targeted at every event that you do? Are there targeted people that you're inviting or is it like an, sometimes an open invite or how do you do that? Yeah, I, it's both. Like, I, I like to have like a target of people. If it's going to be like a real estate open house, I like to just, I also like to invite like a bunch of regular people that aren't in the industry. Um, and I, I like, I feel like once you like kind of mix just like the brokers with like actual people from New York or like people that go out and have fun or like whatever, you get like a real party vibe. And then people are like, this is like the best real estate like open house I've ever been to, you know? And like sometimes, like I, I like, like I love to be targeted and not go too big so I can like interact with people meaningfully. But I like to just kind of mix the real estate with like the actual New York people because then I feel like people stay longer, they get a good vibe, they meet somebody new, they have a good conversation that's like not about work. Uh, and that's where I kind of feel like some of my parties like are like pretty dynamic. It's just like a good party. It's not like a real estate party. It's just like a really good time for everything. Yeah. How much money will you throw into something like this? I get, I get a lot of sponsors, you know, like we get solicited by a lot of mortgage lawyer title, whatever. Um, one of our title guys has like a, you know, nine restaurants or whatever. So like he can, he can hook us up with like a bartender and, you know, some food and stuff. So like, it it just depends. Um, we'll be throwing some money at some events this year, um, specifically out in the Hamptons. Like we're going to be donating to like a, um, LGBTQ charity and doing like a kind of art event thing you know with the hamptons fine arts fair founders um so you know we're we're kind of like we're, we're budget conscious um you know just depending on like you know the property the roi stuff like that um you know we're kind of cautious especially now with the market slowing down a little bit like you know you got to like save money for like staging and some other like actual marketing stuff so it, it's like a composite i mean the great part is we don't have to rent space right so like that that's pretty budget friendly yeah, yeah, I mean, you're using your listings for everything. You're, you know, filming this podcast right now in one of your listings. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you're gonna get married in one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna get married in his next one. Is um, Sirhan having that backing just of the brokerage and and that name? Is it easier to kind of get into certain things? I know, um, for me, the agency, uh, sometimes you know, if people know what the agency is it's a, it's a great tool to like 100%. get some of these things. Yeah. You've seen the same. Yeah. A hundred percent. I just read Mauricio's book too. Um, it was great. You know? Yeah. I mean like, and now they're, they're like, you know, the whole family's on reality TV and you know, I watched the whole buying Beverly Hills thing yeah. and, I, and I thought there, that was a very positive representation of the brand and the family, you know? And I thought it was, you know, it wasn't like super dramatic or anything. It wasn't over the top, but it's just, it just seems like a great family run business. You know, my, my perception was extremely positive. Um, so I'm sure like once that hit, I'm sure that even more so you're feeling the effect of the brand kind of opening doors for you. So yeah, Sirhan, like 10 X is, you know, my legitimacy in the market. Like I've been doing the same thing as him for like 10 years, but you know, the scale and the tools and the resources are now amplified. So, you know, they know, you know, they know a little bit about me, they know more about him, but when they get to know me, like they see that like I'm leveraging every little bit of like the Sirhan kind of network as, you know, to benefit them as much as possible. So, right. I always wonder with, with your listings and anyone else on his team, who gets to collab with like the Sirhan account? Cause I see the Sirhan 
Sirhan account collabing with yours a little bit and then other agents on his team. So is that a decision beforehand or is it based off of the actual content? Um, it, it's just based off the actual content and like what we're aiming for um, and like who's featured in a video. Um, and we'll like request like a little collab post or something like that. Um, yeah, it, it all just depends. Like, <clears throat> like I do a lot of the videos um, personally because like a lot, like a lot of listings like if it's my contact, they reach out, like they're gonna wanna see me in the listing video, but we try to get our agents on listing videos as much as possible, um, just depending what it is um, and who the who the client is. Um, but we all, my, also my motto is like, you really, if you're just a normal person, like you can't build your brand through listing videos, that's like auxiliary to like your actual, like personal branding, unless you do like the most amazing listing videos. But like a lot of people are not actors or trained like that. So it's like, don't just, don't be like so thirsty to be on a listing video. It's not really going to help you grow your business necessarily. Yeah, so I, I give a lot of them out because I'm not because I suck at listing videos. But. So I I also heard that you get a lot of business on LinkedIn, and this is something that Matt and I and Bam have not done a great job at. So what what's your like posting strategy for LinkedIn, and what sort of clients are you attracting from it? So you're going to get like more serious people on LinkedIn, more developers. I mean, there's definitely a lot of professionals out there that use LinkedIn. Like, you know, your aunt uses Facebook, right? Like they're very like up and down 24 seven. I'm in my LinkedIn. Um, so you get some more serious people like that. Um, in terms of like, you know, the reach, I mean, it's a way more organic algorithm. Your video or your post on LinkedIn can go way further and they, they're not really asking you for money for most people. So it's not like a Facebook or something where they blunted all the growth years ago. LinkedIn, your video content should be tailored to it, but it'll go way, I mean, like you can just LinkedIn connect people all the time and build your, your connections and whatever. And then your video will actually get to those people for the most part. So if you're gonna do like the more serious broker market report stuff, like that's the place to do it. and. If you have something interesting, you know, that revolves around other businesses and your business, like the LinkedIn is, is like a, is like a secret weapon. Like a lot of people are really sleeping on LinkedIn. And then they just reach out to you on LinkedIn or are they reaching out to you after they see it through LinkedIn? Like, are they just they'll email. messaging? Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll send like a link. Yeah, they'll do a message or like an email or something like that. I mean, I use it for prospecting. Um, and Outlook, there's like an automatic LinkedIn kind of connection thing. So I'll, I'll just click on people's like email and just look them up on LinkedIn a lot, just through the Outlook app. Um, so that that's, it's also good for research and like, just kind of when, and when you Google a lot of the top buyers that come to our listings now, um, the first thing that pops up in Google is their LinkedIn profile. Right. So, you know, LinkedIn is. You know, people, I, I think he's the, the older and like more serious kind of agents, you know, maybe people not like in our kind of like age bracket or, you know, maybe, you know, we're more like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. But if like you have an agent that is crossing over from industry, you know, whatever, they're in textiles, they're in tech, they're in banking, they should be hammering LinkedIn. Like they shouldn't be trying to become a TikToker. You know? So you just cold messaging a bunch of people on LinkedIn also, like, you know, looking up their job, seeing if they're working at a specific area or in a specific area that you think would uh, attract that right clientele and just shooting them cold messages or are you like what's the strategy not typically, uh, not typically um we do a lot of skip tracing um so like we'll look up people's emails and phone numbers and stuff <clears throat> and then we'll look them up on linkedin and then we'll try to see shared connections and if it's a really good connection maybe we'll try to have a, like a little warm introduction so it's a little more indirect than just hitting people with cold DMs because I get flooded with LinkedIn messages all the time. People who want to like have a digital coffee or whatever. It's like nonstop. What's a digital? So like, we, what's having a digital coffee? What the hell does that mean? Yeah, exactly. We just sit there That's and email each other back and forth. You, I don't know. I don't know how many LinkedIn messages you guys get, but it's like super lame. I don't. I don't even ever go on it. I went on it when I was like applying to jobs in two thousand. 10 or something like that but other than that, yeah. other than that i don't even touch it <laughs> yeah i mean like you shouldn't either you know I, I think it's it's good advice for some people right like like bam is not like a linkedin viral type of thing on linkedin people whoa, on LinkedIn, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. eric he's well he's coming no, at I, us. I see what he's saying but like <laughs> gary v does always talk about like from you know a, a content point of view 
that you can get so much more organic reach. So we do have a bunch of serious articles on BAM, like breaking down the actual market. So I feel like it would be a good place to post from there. I'm just thinking like the average agent listening to this, should they implement a LinkedIn strategy? It sounds like they probably should. Well, well, my partner Jordan has like almost 17,000 LinkedIn connections. And what he started doing was writing um, weekly reports on how Mayor Adams, Eric Adams, Mayor of New York City was doing. And then people from his campaign and Eric himself has like reached out to us, like thanking us for like, you know, giving him like a fair shake on his article, on his LinkedIn articles. Like we, you know, tag Eric Adams and then his people read it or he reads it. So like, it's a lot more powerful and potent than these other platforms in terms of visibility. And there's also a lot less noise on those platforms at the same time, right? It's like people aren't trying to, people don't want to embarrass themselves in front of like their employers and bosses. So like you get less of like the hate comments, less of the heckling, stuff like that. More of like the inspirational, like kombucha before 7 a.m. posts, oh like God. a little like <laughs> stuff, you know, some of it's corny, um, you know, so, it, you know, LinkedIn, I think it is a really good solution for a lot of agents and they should lean on it um, heavily, especially if they're older or they're newer to social media or they had an, a previous career. Um, I think it's really potent. Um, I, I wouldn't cold DM people, like don't send out a million of those. Um, I, would, I would get a little deeper with it and take your time a little more. Yeah, I think the Especially warm the warm introductions is is a really smart move. See who else you're connected with and have them reach out. That's that's a really good idea. I would just go on it and just add people's emails directly into my database, which is completely illegal. <laughs> but just grow grow that list by any means possible. I did that you once, like er, early days of broke age. I don't know if I told it on this podcast, but I literally would Google where I would just go on like the Compass directory or the agency directory. <laughs> or Hilton and Highland or Keller Williams. And I was just copy pasting emails <laughs> directly into my database. This is like 2015. I was just sitting in a coffee shop being like, how else am I going to grow this list? Illegal or genius? Exactly. And look at them now, folks. Exactly. Today on my live, someone said, the broke agent's not broke anymore, I heard. And I said, no, he's not. And they said, he's rich, isn't That was me commenting from yeah. a, another account, from the BAM account. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean... LinkedIn, I've heard for so long, is uh, such a great tool to utilize. Um, I have one. It's not for everybody, though. Yeah. You know, neither is Instagram or TikTok. Yeah. It's like, you know, <clears throat> be yourself. I think it's like you can't be like some contrived personality and try to like take over a platform. Like you should just play to your strengths and not try to like. I think the biggest mistake I ever made in real estate with my personal brand was trying to be too serious, you know? Yeah. So I, I would advise people to identify what you're actually going to like kind of stick with and be good at rather than just like try to start this whole new thing. I agree. I agree. What is, um, and we're almost done here, but I'm just curious now. What is like the, is there anything you can't do at Sirhant? It seems like Sirhant has done everything, like been naked in listings. Like, is there anything you run by him where it's just like, he's like, whoa, 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 you can't do that. So anything you've run by him. Yeah, there's certain things. Um, you know, does he show my videos and say, just don't do any of this? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, does he anything? No, I mean, like, I think, I think a cannabis party would probably be a third rail here. I think that would cause a little bit of electrical fire. Um, I don't think, I don't think they'd be cool with it. Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, Ryan has a very clean brand reputation. So um, deviating like way too far from that. But, you know, also we're like kind of like, you know, we, we have like a little reality TV kind of flavor to us too. So like kind of being kind of loud and controversial can also be viewed as like a positive thing potentially. Um, but I think we, you know, we do want to have a business and like a respected company and, you know, we want our knowledge and our kind of business to be yeah. like, you know, legitimate at the same time, but we could be fun. We could do whatever we want for the most part. It's just, it just has to be like tasteful and well-produced if it's, if you're going to take a risk. Yeah. Cause he got, he, he has gone, I've found kind of edgier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even with yeah. his, like he'll swear, he'll like, it's like a little edgy sometimes. Yeah. He went from like PG to like PG 13 and you know, we're, <laughs> we're kind of pushing to go rated R cause those get the best ratings right in the movies. So, yeah. well, yeah. Exactly. I think you're going to see a little like bit of a new Ryan soon, you know? He's, 
He's he's like CEO, like he's he's super nimble, man. He's he's vault uh, incredibly, man. The guys, I think that the most underrated part about him is like his ability to like crunch knowledge and you know real estate. I mean, I like just one on one with him. Like the most, I think the most intimidating thing about him, if you want to know, is like how fast he can process real estate information. Um, is like really impressive. So. Does he have some sort of deal right now with succession? Because he's posted like three or four times with the succession theme in the back, which is perfect for those listings he has. But I'm, I'm wondering, <laughs> is like HBO paying him to like, you know, slyly promote it? You know what I thought when he posted that? I went to go watch it that night and I was like, this guy was on succession last season. He has to be, right? Like I was like, why are they sending him like a goodie box or something? Like what, what's his deal with HBO? Right. That's what I thought. I don't know. I don't know. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like I when mean, 11 opened they, when 11 opened in the strip club in miami they send everyone like packages you know like i don't know right like, who knows uh, I, well, I, I thought he was going to be on an episode for sure but i don't know for sure I don't know. perfect example of trend jacking right there is just having the succession theme in the background of all of his incredible listing videos so yeah. he's doing a great job at that as well well succession's been jacking our stuff because all of like the top penthouses that are on the market have been featured in succession episodes and a bunch right. of them sold like the Woolworth building you got 200 Amsterdam so that that like really gives like gravitas to listings apparently so it's pretty cool oh what, awesome. those were your those are your listings like Sirhan's listings no, uh, no they um did we do one I don't know at the check we did one but it, it's really like new dev listings like super high-end new dev like 20 million right. plus listings um and the the, the Woolworth one sold like immediately after and like the building took off because that building was dead for like three or four years in terms of traffic and then after the succession thing hit they just started like popping off so I, I think there's actually something to it I bet that's pretty epic yeah that'd be sick I'd want to live in the succession building uh, who's your wait if you're a character on succession who would you be Eric i'd be first. kendall because everyone keeps saying i look like him <laughs> um i don't know i'd probably be i'd probably be logan roy the ceo yeah the, right the all you're roman man the decision you're roman. maker oh, <laughs> i know I, I was i was thinking roman i just didn't want to say it <laughs> yeah i favorite. apparently look like kendall Ro i'd be yeah, roman's yeah. Oh, Tom. Yeah, I get that. They're all yeah. just such such great characters. Although in in Logan's death, it it's kind of hard to just watch them try to figure it out on their own. Like he he just he brought so much energy to the show. I just loved every yeah. scene with him, and now it's just like watching all these kind of morons scrambling around to figure it out. I haven't gone that far, but thank you. I kind yeah, of everybody assume. everybody knows that. If you're yeah, watching this at this moment, that's spoiler. That's that Sorry, folks. Secret. And they yes, all have like I, British accents or like Australian accents. Like all, none of like barely any of them are American. It's so weird. I know. I saw. Yeah, yeah even Shiv. Shiv I is. Know. Shiv is Australian, I think. Yeah, Dubs TF man. Yeah, they're good ass actors. I mean, that the whole thing, the production, all of it. I'm a big Billions guy too, and yeah. uh, that that's like right on Billions level to me. Hmm. I haven't seen so, Billions. Oh, you should check it out if you like Succession. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little more edge, a little more edge, oh, a little more like Wall it. Street. Yeah, All the right. production is insane now. So I'm in. Nice. I'm in. You sold me. You sold me. All right. Well, Sean, thank you so much oh, for uh, for being on here. I'm gonna come to New York soon. See you again. We're gonna have Woohoo Boys Part Two. Yeah, it's party. Um, yeah. Where yeah. Uh, where can the people find you? Um, you can find me at at. S-E-N, Sean, underscore McPeak uh, <laughs> on the gram. Um, you can find me on Sirhan, LinkedIn, Sean McPeak. I got a little TikTok going. Don't really pay attention to it much, but you hit me up when I'm anywhere, but mostly Instagram. That's like the best way to find me. DM me. There you chat. go. Yeah. Instagram, DM them. You can chat about masquerade parties. Yeah. Send me, <laughs> send me some funny memes and see what you got, you know? All right. Sweet. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's an honor. Thank you. Honor of you, you guys. Have a good one. All right, fellas?